morning. Glad to see everybody out this morning. Hope you're all surprised uh, by the snow as I was when I looked outside. It's kind of ready for those 70 degree days to be here for a while, but I guess we've got a little, little bit of winter left over. So um, this morning, you know, we've got our uh, guest speaker, John Paul Sacchecki and his wife, Rachel. Is that right? Okay, and their kids are here with us, so make sure uh, you get a chance to meet them. And then we've got our fellowship dinner after uh, morning service, so please feel free to stay around for that so you can fellowship and meet with them. Um, anybody have any prayer requests or anything before we get started this morning? Okay, let's go to God in prayer, and then we'll get started with our worship. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the blessing of being here, uh, Father, with your people, Father, in this place. Uh, thank you for just your amazing power, God, that you uh, show to us daily. Father, that you um, you just surprise us every day, Father, with, uh, with your works and with your beautiful uh, weather, Father, and your, uh, the nature that you surround us with. God, you just give us so much uh, and help us to always... Uh, just be in awe of you. Father, help us to be in wonder of you, of your power and your mercy and your grace. Uh, Father, as we, um, as we wake up every day, help us to know that every day is a blessing from you. Every breath that we take is a gift. And just pray that you would help us to live our lives in gratitude to you for what you do for us every day. Uh, Father, help us to, uh, to wake up and to move around in your grace. Father, to know that you've got us covered. Uh, Father, that we have freedom in you, uh, freedom in your son, um, and in the sacrifice of his life for ours. So I just pray that our lives would be um, free in you, Father, and bold in all the things that you would have us be. Uh, God, I just pray for our, our service this morning. I pray for our worship time, uh, that you would bless us with hearts that would uh, truly worship you, God, that we could open our, uh, open our hearts to you, that we could sing. Uh, Father, we could worship in such a way that is honoring to you and is uplifting to the people around us. Uh, Father, help us to hold nothing back from you. Uh, God, you are truly worthy of everything that we have. You are truly worthy of everything that we are. Uh, Father, help us to give our lives to you. I pray for all the men who will serve this morning. I pray your blessing on them. I pray for our speaker this morning. Uh, Father, that you would give him your word. Uh, bless his heart. Uh, that he would be um, ready to bring forward the things that you have given to him. I pray that you would give him boldness to speak, uh, Father, and to, um, to just let you speak through him. Uh, God, um, just pray for all those who are sick. I pray that you would uh, have your hands on them, God, and that your will would be done in those situations, Father, uh, that you would provide healing if that's your will, Father, and if that's not your will, that you would provide comfort, you would provide peace and strength. Uh, be with their families, and Father, just um, pray that you would continue to uh, bless us, uh, pray that you would help us to uh, draw closer to you and closer to each other, in Christ's name, amen. Light of the world, you step down into darkness, open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you, hope of a life. 
Savior, he can move the mountain. 
Good morning, sunshine. It's great to see all of you out this morning. Scripture reading this morning will come from Luke chapter 16 and verses 19 to the end of the chapter. And it reads, There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate laid a poor man named Lazarus covered in sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried to the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not hear most in the prophets, neither will they be convinced that someone should rise from the dead. Let's all bow. Father, we're coming to give you thanks for this day that you've blessed us with. We know that you're the giver of all good gifts, Father. 
We thank you for what you shower upon us every day, Father. Thank you, thankful for health, for food, and for clothing, uh, for our families, and for this time to be here, Father, in the congregation. Father, we, uh, we pray to you about the sick. We have so many on our, on our sick list, Father, but um, I'd like to especially remember Eugene Reisner. I want to thank you, Father, for the progress that he is making. Uh, thank you for his family. Give him strength as they care for him. And we pray for uh, Anna Cram, Father. We're praying for a complete healing for her, that the bone graft will take, take hold and do what it's supposed to do, and pray that her pain is subsided, Father. We pray for Nola, for Nola Kelly. Father, we're praying that you would bring healing to her life. We miss her here, Father. And Father, um, we just give you thanks for your son Jesus who gave his life for us. And it sounds so minimal when we say that uh, in comparison to what he did for us, Father. But we know that it is by his blood that we are made clean and that when we are resurrected or called from this earth, it will be because of him that we can enter in to be with you. We ask your blessing on our speaker this morning, Father. We pray that John Paul would readily recall the things he has studied. We pray that you would bring a calmness to him, uh, that he would not be nervous, that he could pre present your word, Father, in a way that we will all be strengthened and edified. We love you, Father. We pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. We shall assemble on the mountain. We shall assemble at the throne. With humble hearts into his presence. We bring an offering of song. Glory and honor and dominion. Unto the Lamb, unto the King.
sunshine. Over the last year or so in the adult Bible class, we've spent, a, I guess, a fair amount of time studying the Old Testament. 
And uh, that's been a blessing for, for a lot of reasons. But uh, to me, one of the things that's, that's been a blessing is that uh, it tells us who God is, how he's dealt with his people. It tells us uh, about the character of God. And, uh, you know, when you walk away from, from studying the Old Testament, uh, you know for sure that God's going to do what he says he does. He's going to do. He tells the truth. And from the Garden of Eden all the way to his dealings with the remnant of his people after the Babylonian captivity, that was true. He did what he said he would do. And uh, when, uh, when the children of Israel made good choices to follow him, it turned out pretty good. And uh, unfortunately, when they made poor choices, it didn't turn out very good. And so as Christians today... That should make us feel really secure. We can trust in what God says. Because when we turn over to the New Testament, at least the way I read it, it is packed with promises. It's packed with reminder of promises. When you go to the Gospel of John, I'm paraphrasing, it says that uh, God sent his son Jesus into the world give his life so that we can have forgiveness of sins and eternal life we can trust in that when Paul tells us our sins were nailed to the cross we can trust in that when Paul tells us that we are heirs according to the promise we can trust in that when Paul tells us that we are chosen God's chosen people we can trust in that the writer of Acts and, and uh, Luke tells us that Jesus is going to come back the same way that he left, on a cloud. And we can get that further over when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. It tells us why he's going to come back. He's coming to get us. We can trust in that. I think sometimes when we read the Bible, it's just these stories, these, like we read when we were kids. But it's way more than a story. It's real life. And uh, today, as we gather around the Lord's table, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons why we do this. Obviously, to remember, you know, the sacrifice that, that made all that possible, because we couldn't be God's children without that sacrifice. But it's also to help us maybe reflect on all these promises. And uh, so I think as we are about to partake of the bread, which represents the Jesus' body. Let's just think about these things and just realize how secure we should be as God's people. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, um, you're everything to us. Without you, we're nothing. But because of you and, and you sending your son Jesus and the love that you have for us, we not only have joy while we're living here on this earth, but we have fantastic things to look forward to that our minds can't even fathom. And we just want to say thank you. We just pray as each one of us partakes of the bread this morning, which represents Jesus' body, that we'll just examine our hearts and consider our relationship with you, Lord, and just be thankful for all that you've done for us. In Christ's name, amen.
Let's go to God in prayer again. Father, we know that it's your son's shed blood which uh, cleanses us from our sins. It allows us to be seen as perfect and holy in your eyes, and we are so thankful for that. We pray that um, as we begin this week and as we live our lives, we'll, we'll try to keep that in the forefront of our mind as we, as we just go about our daily life so that we can uh, strive to be the people that you want us to be. Uh, we're thankful that we can celebrate uh, this gift that you've given us together as a body of believers, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. Worthy Lord, my Lord is worthy, worthy now of praise. Worthy Lord, my Lord is worthy, worthy now of praise. And holy Lord, my Lord is holy, holy now and just. Holy Lord, my Lord is holy, holy. 
with me for this song. We're going to use this song before our little uh, fellowship few minutes here, a couple minutes. So we'll sing all the way through. And then I've got a fun little slide that says Fellowship 5 because that's what I coined it. I know it's corny, but that's who I am. So, and then we'll sing Sanctuary again to kind of bring everybody back. And then we'll, uh, we'll have another song to send the kids to their Bible time. And if I forget to say, Gabe's class is staying out here. So if you're in the older children's class, you're staying out here. So. Oh, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary.
Sunshine. I love that name, Sunshine. It's a, it's a beautiful name, and you guys look so happy to see me. Uh, that's great. You guys know I'm a Chiefs fan, right? Still happy to see me? No, okay. At least I'm not a Michigan fan, right? In my house, that's grounds for a divorce. 
Uh, but no, we are certainly grateful to be here today. My family and I, we traveled about 12 hours from Kansas City all to get to know you a little bit more. And we got to see your town. We went on a death-defying ride down the hills, and, uh, and now we're here to snow. It's been a great weekend. <laughs> Uh, but we are certainly happy because we know as brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter where we go in the world, we are going to be with family. And so even if I never see you again, I am happy to share in the joy and the worship we have with God. I always like to start with a prayer, so why don't we go to God in prayer right now. Dear Most Heavenly Father, we thank you for your gifts. We thank you for your blessings. But most importantly, Lord, we thank you for your Son is the only reason we are here today, Lord, because without him, without his sacrifice, without his redemption, we would be lost in sin, our sins, Lord. And Lord, as we continue our worship today and we study your word, we ask you to open our hearts and minds for what you have to teach us. Thank you for all that you do. In your most heavenly name we pray. Amen. All right, so today I was asked to speak on the subject of the blessings of being in Christ and the perils of being outside of Christ. And I was asked to use this particular parable given in the Gospel of Luke. So I went and I started reading this, and I got to thinking that there's a really big issue going on here if you're familiar with this parable or if you were paying attention earlier when the Scripture read. And to illustrate that point, I want to tell you two small parables. Uh, the first one, there was a husband and a wife, and the husband's dying. And he turns to his wife and he says that I want to be buried with all of my wealth. And the wife says, okay, I love you, I will do this. And all of her friends and all of her family tried to insist that that was a terrible idea. I'm sure all of you would agree with that. And she says, no, I love the man, I made a promise, I'm going to do it. So the day of the funeral comes, and people go and they mourn, and some of them are a little curious about what's going to happen. And at the very end, the wife walks down the aisle, very solemnly, and she goes to the casket, grabs her husband's hand, uh, squeezes it, and then takes out her checkbook, puts it in, and shuts the lid. Uh, the second is that the, a different man makes a deal with God. He says, God, I've been a good person. I worked very hard in my life. I would like to bring my wealth with me. God says, you don't really need to do that. He says, but God, I worked my whole life and I've dedicated myself to you. How about just one bag? One bag and that's all I'll ask for. He says, fine, I agree to it. So the man dies. Uh, he, well, before he dies, he liquidates all his wealth into gold, uh, puts it in a suitcase and takes it up to heaven with him. And he meets St. Peter and St. Peter says, you can't bring that in here. He says, no, I got a deal with God. So St. Peter goes and checks with God. He says, yeah, I told him it was okay. He says, God, but I don't know why he needs a bunch of road. We got plenty of it here. Uh, and the, the point of these two parables is that, uh, okay, sorry. Where do I point this thing? <laughs> yeah, it's on. No, it's not. <laughs> not nervous at all. <laughs> point of these two parables is you can't take it with you, and even if you could, it would not matter. But wealth is one of those things that really changes people, as the parable illustrates. Everybody knows that in life, you need money. You cannot function without it. Even if you are a hermit living in the middle of nowhere, you're going to need money to at least start up where you're at. 
You need it to feed yourself. You need it to take care of your daily needs. You need it to take care of your family. So we all work for most of our lives to make sure that happens. But wealth changes people. We build our whole persona about it. And even though we ourselves may not be wealthy, we look towards it as something that defines who we are. And the more we have, the more it tends to change us. People perceive wealthy people as being less compassionate, less empathetic, uh, lacking good parenting skills, uh, whatever. Maybe they see, they believe they're better than me. I don't have a lot of it, so I don't really think very highly of myself, even though some of you might think, well, look at his nice suit. (laughs) But as one psychologist says, money can powerfully influence our thoughts and often not aware of, no matter our economic circumstances. It certainly makes us people we don't want to be. It changes the inside of us. And that is what Jesus is illustrating here when he talks about this parable. Uh, Before he says this parable, we know he's talking to a group of people. And when you guys hear the name of the group of people, the Pharisees, you probably don't think very highly of them because they were not very good people. But in verse 14 of uh, chapter Luke 6, or book of Luke, chapter 16, it says, The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things and they ridiculed him. Was it a problem for them to like money? Yes. Was it a problem for them to want to acquire money? No, because you need to acquire money to survive. But the problem itself was not the money. The problem itself was what was inside of them. They did not have a money problem. They had a heart problem. And this is illustrated throughout all four Gospels. They didn't care about God. They didn't care about the world. They didn't care about the people that they talked to. They cared about themselves, their self-honor, their self-righteousness, their self-justification, and it really detrimented who they were. And this is what Jesus is going to teach them, is if your heart is not in the right place, you cannot possibly have a good relationship with God. In fact, as you see here, God considers an ungodly heart to be an abomination. I'm getting ahead of myself. An abomination. So he says, I'm going to tell you this parable, and I want you to listen very closely especially you Pharisees, because maybe though he's not very explicit that he's talking to them, the parable illustrates that he is. Because in this parable, there are two men, and these two men represent the exact extreme. So we can look at this as being the Pharisees and the everyday people. The Pharisees obviously represent the rich man, the one who is so excessively wealthy that he can feast every day. I mean, I I like to eat like a sandwich for lunch, but I can't imagine having a feast every day. I would be quite large if I did. And Rachel is a wonderful cook. Uh, But no, we don't spend a lot of money on food. Maybe once a year at Thanksgiving or Christmas, we might spend $100 or $200 to have a giant meal. But this is this man doing it every single day. And we know how uh, wealthy he is because it says he wore fine linen and purple, which is the color of royalty. So he could be visually seen by the people that were all around him. 
At the opposite end, we have the Lazarus or the poor man who is so excessively poor that the food he gets isn't even worthy of the animals that would run around town and beat each other up for food. It's, he's so excessively poor that he can't even afford a basic living arrangement. In fact, he has to live at the gate of the rich man. And it's not even all. He's so detrimental in his life that he can't afford even basic health care where he is covered in sores. Every single one of us, if we could pick being one of these two people, which one would, he, would we pick? We'd pick the first one. Nobody wants to have one of these things, let alone all of them, because that's how bad it is. So Jesus goes on to tell the story. He says, the first man died, and the, or sorry, the second man died. Nobody cared about him. In fact, we know nobody cared about him because he was homeless, meaning no family took care of him. And that's what they did back in that day. Family lived with family. Some families probably still do. Um, so he died, and probably the only one who thought about him was the one who had to remove his body from the street. Then the rich man, he died. He had a great funeral. Everyone came to see him. He was probably buried in his wealth and had many people. But at the same time, in that moment, everything changed. In that moment, the tables were turned, and the rich man all of a sudden is now in the exact same position as the poor one. And the poor one is in the exact same position as the rich man. So now he goes from being unfed to fed, from suffering to having comfort, from being an outcast to being next to one of the greatest people in all of Israelite history. He's standing at the side of Abraham, and that they loved. The Jews bragged about how great their relationship was with the father Abraham. They were all descendants, and here he is now at the side of a great man. I was talking to my friend about this parable a number of years ago, and um, I think this parable is very interesting because it paints a very different picture of heaven, of what we're talking about, and that's what I wanted to talk about with my friend. And he, he turns to me, and he completely blows me out of the water with a question I wasn't expecting. He says, you know, I wonder how many Christians are not interested in the idea of heavenly rest because they get enough rest here. And that really struck me as mind-blowing because I thought, wow, that is absolutely true. We spend so much time chasing after comfort in this world. The average person lives to be about 75 years old. 24 years of your life, you will spend working. 24 years of your life will be spent sleeping. About 10 to 15 years will be spent going after entertainment. Few years spent on just eating food. How much of your time do you think the average Christian spends in their relationship with God? Give a guess, anybody. Nobody wants to guess? Your guys are quiet, church. I'll tell you. Six months. If you live to be about 75 years old and you go to church once a week, 
you will spend on average six months of your whole life with God. And we all would say that God is the number one priority in our lives, but we do not dedicate our time to him. Like a lot of us, we have a heart issue. Like a lot of us, we chase after things that do not matter. And there's going to become a point where there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. And then that's where the story goes with the parable. The man is going to argue, the rich man is going to argue with Abraham of all people, and he's going to engage in what's called a logical fallacy. A logical fallacy is a faulty way of thinking, believing you're right based on not understanding on how things work. And this is what he does here. He says, I'm someone important. And because I'm someone important, I'm deserving of mercy. Father Abraham, have mercy on me. No, no, no. You're not important. Not because God doesn't love you. You're not important because you had every opportunity in your life to do something about it. But instead... You chose to reject God. You chose to reject his ways. And in your rejection, he has rejected you. But the the rich man, he doubles down. He says, but I am your son. You are my father. You are my, I am your descendant. But God can make stones into Abraham's descendants. God can make Gentiles into Abraham's descendants. And he did. He grafted the Gentile nation in so we could all become children of God as long as we have faith. And if we have faith, we know we will have salvation. But obviously, that is not what happened here. He still continues to say, Uh, double down. What about sending Lazarus, sending someone to help me? Because I can see you there. There is a great chasm, but I could still see you, so it must be possible. That's not how heaven works. And even if heaven did work that way, it would not be fair to Lazarus. It would not be fair to anybody for them to spend one moment in hell, because one moment in hell is an eternity of torture. You're still wrong. It doesn't work this way. All right, fine, fine. There's no hope for me. Save my brothers. Give them special treatment. Your brothers have all the things they need. They have everything in their toolbox to make sure that they too will go to heaven. The only thing they need to do is change their hearts. And if they don't listen to the prophets, they don't read the scriptures, and they don't change their heart, then that's not going to help them. No, 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 Abraham. If someone comes back from the dead, that will help them. And I love this moment. I love it when Jesus says this here because I have to imagine that Jesus says this with a smirk because he knows exactly what is going to happen. He knows that some man is going to rise from the dead and save everyone. So yes, maybe it will work, 
But did it work for all of history? No. Even when a man came back from the dead, many, thousands, millions still rejected him. If they did not listen, it wasn't going to work. The biggest problem with this man is he was not in Christ. Luckily for him, he's not real. But for the people this man represents, he is a very real thing. And if they do not change their hearts, they are in the danger of never, ever reaching that salvation. And they're going to rely on things that are going to further push them away from God. They're going to rely on themselves. And we know that's not going to work because there's nothing you can do to bring yourself closer to God. They're going to rely on earthly wisdom, on convention, on looking at things like wealth and power for prosperity and not salvation. They're not going to care about faith, repentance, or forgiveness. And God is finally, in the end, when they've rejected it all, going to turn them over to torment. But make no mistake... God loves this man. God provided for this man. Every single thing this man had came from God. And the same God that died for me, that died for you, also died for the worst of us. He has the same opportunity. But because he chose to reject it, because he chose not to be in Christ, he gets eternal condemnation. We all love John 3.16, right? Everyone could probably quote it. If I, if I asked every, any single person in this room, I bet you could tell me John 3.16, right? Yeah? You look like you know it. How old are you? Yeah. 12? Tell me John 3.16. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's your name? Lexi. I'm sorry, Lexi. But thank you. It's very nice to meet you, Lexi. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's a great verse. But we like to ignore John 3, 18, where he says, For whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only son. If you're not in Christ, this is your future. But if you are, it is so much better. It is so much better because you have hope. You have joy. Granted, things aren't always going to be your way. Maybe your life will be exactly like Lazarus's. And for your sake, I hope it's not. But God doesn't promise us there won't be suffering. In fact, God pretty much guarantees it. Paul writes it. Uh, here in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 or 4, he says, Suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope is something that you should absolutely never be ashamed of. Joy is going to come. You will experience joy in trials, not happiness, but knowing what lies for store what lies in store for you for the future. Comfort, mercy, but most importantly, and probably most obviously, heaven. What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who loved him. If 
you are in Christ, that is your future. And I hope that sounds wonderful to you. I hope that you can endure when those trials do come because they are only temporary. His love, his grace, his forgiveness is better than anything we could possibly imagine. The world is full of temptations and desires. There's going to be a lot of things pulling you back. There's going to be a lot of things that say, look at this over here, this new gadget, this new toy, this new iPhone. This is great, right? Spend all your time on it. Six months. We can turn six months easily to a year and more than that because Christ calls us to change our hearts and to live for him. And what better time than now to turn over our lives to God, to change who we are and ask for his divine forgiveness. If that's something you like or if that's something we can help you with or you'd like to respond to this message in any way, we invite you to come forward as we stand and sing.
It's good to see you all out this morning. Thanks for being here. Um, and if you're visiting with us, uh, we're thankful for you and, and thankful that, uh, that you're here with us this morning. If you're with us online, uh, we miss you. Um, it's, uh, we've got a really nice crowd here, and we're uh, thankful that you're worshiping with us as well. Uh, thank you to uh, John Paul uh, and his wife and, and to uh, Philip and Thomas for being here with us this morning. We're sure happy that you're here. Um, be sure to uh, get a chance to meet um, uh, John Paul and Rachel and the kids uh, after worship. We've got a great time, uh, a fellowship planned after church. If you're visiting with us, um, make sure and stick around for, uh, for a meal. Uh, there's plenty of food over there, I looked, and uh, if you didn't bring anything, don't feel like you need to, to run off because there's uh, plenty here for everyone, and we, wanna, we want uh, everyone to stay with us and, and spend some time with us. So, um, This morning, um, uh, has already been mentioned, uh, some that are on the prayer list. I wanted to uh, just, uh, just mention those again. Please remember to, to, be with, to, to pray for uh, Anna Cram and Eugene Reisner as they heal. Um, also, uh, Sharon Gamp um, had, a, had a surgery this week, and she's still up at King's Daughters uh, this morning, um, recovering from that, um, hoping to maybe be released today or tomorrow. Um, but I know that Mike and Sharon are probably watching with us this morning. Sharon and Mike, we love you guys and miss you guys very much and are praying for your, uh, your healing and uh, that you get better and be here with us. So remember Sharon um, in your prayers this morning. Um, all kinds of things in the bulletin. If you didn't get a chance, make sure and pick those up because I probably won't do some of them justice. So um, make sure and look those over. Um, I mentioned already we're going to have a fellowship meal here immediately following worship. Um, the deacons have prepared that over there for us. They would like for us to uh, all kind of move that way after worship this morning, and then we'll have a prayer over there. And... Uh, Everything will be good. You trying to get my attention? Oh. And his name? Greg Suchecki. Okay, Greg. We'll just uh, we'll remember Greg in our prayers and in our prayers today as well. So, um, also. Um, VBS Save the Date is in there, June the 19th through the 23rd. That's always a great time. Um, the contact information on the, on the wall back there, be sure this morning that you uh, look that over. We're planning a new bulletin um, and some other exciting things that we've got coming down the pipe. Make sure that uh, you get your email addresses on there, your cell numbers, uh, not just cell numbers for the parents, but if you have children, uh, relatives that, that attend here with us at Sunshine, we'd like to have their cell numbers as well. Uh, just to keep in contact and uh, be able to give you the information that you need uh, for, for the worship here. Uh, there's a, there's a, a wedding shower planned for Joanna and Matthew, uh, Joanna Gillespie and Matthew Partlow. That'll be Friday, March the 17th at 7 p.m. here at the building. Uh, the information on that is in there um, and where they're registered and, and things like that. Um, the uh, Midwestern Children's Home item for March is peanut butter. So make sure and get that, uh, that brought in. Um, next week, next week, next Sunday evening starts our home groups. Um, I've got a little, I'll say a little bit more about that, but Jacob has a little trailer for our home groups. 
um, that I'd like to watch. It's only about a minute long, so it won't take long. Uh, but it's about uh, um, the one at a time video series. So Jacob, if you've got that queued up, if you'll play that. One thing we probably have in common is that we all wanna make a difference with our lives. A word that you hear a lot these days, especially with the rise of social media, is the word influencer. And I think all of us on some level want to live that kind of life. And the question is, how do we do that? And as I read through the gospels with this in mind, it just seemed clear to me, Jesus changed the world one at a time. One conversation at a time, one interruption at a time, one meal at a time, one need at a time, but always one person at a time. And understanding that, really changed my life. Like it changed my definition of influence. It changed my measurement of success. It changed the legacy I wanna leave. It became the reason I get out of bed in the morning. And so my prayer is that together as we study the life of Jesus, we will learn that each of us today will have an opportunity to live a one at a time life. It is the Jesus way of changing the world. That's just a little trailer for the series that we're going to be doing. It's a great, I've, I've had a chance to watch all the lessons, and I know some other people have as well. But it's a great series. Um, if you're not signed up for a home group, the pads are laid out back there. That'll start next Sunday evening. Um, we'll go for a couple Sunday evenings, and then we'll skip one the week of April. Uh, or I'm sorry, the week of Easter. And then we'll go back and have a couple more. So I think that's how it works. It may not be exactly how it works. But anyway, there's a week in between right there somewhere where we're not going to have one. But... The pads are laid out back there with the homes. Make sure that you get your names on there this morning. For those of you that are, that are hosting, um, there's lesson outlines laid underneath your pads back there. Um, there'll be DVDs available. Uh, Jacob's holding them up up there, so he'll make sure and have those out there for the lessons. But also, if you, if you don't want to use a DVD, this is available um, digitally as well, and we can email you those links to those homes. So if you're interested in that, make sure and see... Um, see Jacob for that, but uh, it's going to be a really great study, um, and we really want um, all of you to be involved in that. There'll also be a, a meeting here at the church as well, so um, get signed up for one of those home groups. It's a great time like we're going to do today of fellowship and getting to spend time together. And one other thing, I've got a thank you card here, and I'll leave this layout back. This is from the administration at Memphis Schools. Um, just a thank you card for um, us supplying them with lunch one day for, for Kindness Week. So if you want to take a look at that, I'll make sure and leave that layout back. And I think that that's all that I have this morning. If I've forgotten some, something, someone will have, to, will have to let me know. So if you'll stand with me now, we'll have a word of prayer. Don't forget, uh, when, we, when we leave here, when we're dismissed after the prayer, if you guys will all head over towards the annex, uh, we'll get started with our fellowship meal over there, okay? God, it truly is good to be here today. Thank you uh, for loving us the way that you do. Dear Lord, we know that there's a lot um, that weren't even mentioned here this morning that are ailing, dear Lord, that have sickness, that need prayer. Dear Lord, I pray that you comfort them and be with them. Uh, dear Lord, I pray um, for uh, the people that have been mentioned here this morning, for Anna, for Eugene, for Sharon, and all of those that, uh, that need uh, your touch and your healing. And today we pray for that, dear Lord. Thank you for bringing us here together. Thank you for John Paul and his family and their willingness to be here with us this morning. Dear Lord, I pray that you bless them and give them safe journey. Dear Lord, we love you and thank you for the time that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.